from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 207. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the man with the plan, Mr. Brad Dowdy. So how did your knighthood go? We were a little bit late because you were meeting with the queen, right? It was. It went pretty well. It went pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Are you a, are you a sir? Uh, I will be. I will be in the next honors list uh, for <laughs> my duties to handwriting. <laughs> In the United like Kingdom, it. so that that could be a thing. I think we could work on that. You know the, uh, you know the the handwriting uh, knighthood. I'm working on it. You know she's <laughs> she's very happy, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get it set. So Sir, Sir Michael Hurley, I like I like the sound of that actually. So I, I I'm glad uh, your meeting went well. But uh, and and you weren't you weren't too late today. You know we were a little bit late, but we'll, I'll wait for the Queen anytime. You know I told you, her, I said. You know, I've got to go. Brad's waiting for me. And she's like, oh, I love him. He's my favorite. <laughs> so uh, she let me go. Good, good. Well, good. We have a, a, a lot of uh, things to talk about uh, today that uh, might help with your knighthood in, in um, you know, bringing the love of stationery across the world, as you've done representing England very well. I do my best. <laughs> So you posted a big uh, review here of a product that you teased a couple of weeks ago, I think, on the show, the Tom Binfield Journal Notebook. Now, this has kind of got a deceptive name, I think, Mm -hmm. because I think it's a paper product, Mm -hmm. but it's not. It's a bag. Uh, I guess it's both. Can it be both? I mean, it can be both, but I mean, really, it's the bag. It's a bag with built-in stuff for writing, for field journaling. Yep. You know, the the, or, the origination of the product was literal, like, field work. Like, they made it for people who were out and about, worked in the field, you know. <clears throat> Geologists, engineers, construction, National Park Service, that kind of stuff. You know, they wanted yep. something to for these people to be able to take out, be able to protect their writing, um, you know. And, um, you know, that's kind of the, how this product originated. And I think for it must not have been doing really well for them because they took it down. Right. Like I did. I reviewed one five years ago, the original model. And, you know, they had it up for a year or two after that. And then they it went off the site and I used to get emails about it because people would find my review of it and want to know where it went. And I was like, I have no idea. Um, and then I was talking to the folks at Tom Ben earlier this year about a different product. And they said, Hey, by the way, you did that field journal review a while back. We're relaunching it. Are you, do you want me to send that to you as well? I'm like, yeah, I want you to send it to me as well. Uh, it was like, like that was going to be a no. Right. Um, so they did. And, um, I just love Tom Ben. They make yep. the quality of goods that they make is ridiculous. So the product I was talking to them about was the Aeronaut uh, 45, which is their largest carry-on duffel. So I wanted that for my traveling. So I had been talking to them about that, and then that's how this came about. So I just got my first Tombin bag. Oh, yeah? What'd you get? Yeah, I got a Ristretto. Oh, nice. So I've been waiting on getting this for a while, and I haven't really mm-hmm. put it through its paces yet, but mm-hmm. it's just whenever I have meetings in town or I want to go and work somewhere or I, you know, I'm on a trip that has work involved, mm-hmm. I want something smaller and lighter than my Topo uh, mountain mm-hmm. briefcase because mm-hmm. I just want to carry my iPad around. Right. So right. I'd been, I had been waiting for the Ristrettos to come back in stock for a while, 
Um, and I just I just purchased it. It came a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, I mean, I, again, I haven't really put the thing for its paces yet. I'm looking forward to doing that. But the quality of their products are amazing. They, I just want to mention at this point that Tom Bin have been a previous sponsor of Relay FM shows. But yes, uh, but I, you know, I paid for my bag up front. Yeah, and I got I got mine for free because I'm a pimp that way. Yep, I don't get. I have to think about this. I was reading this when I was reading this, <laughs> and I get to the bottom of the page, and it's like, oh, I was given this at no extra charge. I don't get as mu- nearly as much free stuff as you do. <laughs> I I want more free stuff. Why don't I get more free stuff? I, I have no idea. You know, Retro Fifty One. They they sent me a free pen. It's on the way, right? And I'm they happy do. to get that. But like, where's my free stuff? That's what I want. Free stuff. So if you hear me out there, manufacturers of things. Send them to me. I want stuff like bracket stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So back to this bag, which I okay, I'll call it a bag. It's essentially a bag. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. Like when I when I first saw notebook, I uh-huh. think paper notebook, right? right? Like that's what you think of, like a, a bound thing, but it's not a notebook. It's in not, that it's sense. Not. But I, I wanna I'm gonna reverse course and go back on the quality thing. Yeah. This is I talk about sometimes with pens. How when I get a pen like straight out of the post, open the envelope, open the box and put it into my hand, the feeling sometimes you just grin, right? Because, you know, like right out the gate, it's that good. Yeah. Like you can feel it in the product. This is one of those products where I just like grab the zipper and look at the stitching and you just grin because you're like, holy crap, this is really good. It's like better than it does not compare to like anything else. It's so much better. And um, that's the feeling I get with Tom Ben's products. And, you know, I really, really enjoy just the quality of them. So this is obviously the construction and manufacture of this are like a 10 out of 10. You know, it's like so well done, you know, but the functionality of it, that's going to be up to an individual, right? Like this is not a product that I would use regularly. So I'm giving it away. Um, you know, I want to give it to someone who would use it regularly, but that doesn't mean it's not just an elite product. Um, but like the paper, um, it has a three ring, three ring binder, um, attachment in the middle of the notebook of the field journal. Um, which is cool in your case, Mike, you can reverse that three ring. You can rotate it 180. Yeah. I pulled this part out of your review because I think that's such a fantastic, um, feature that, that mm. shows, as you mentioned, an extra level of care to think about the fact that I shouldn't have to turn the bag upside down to be able right. to use this thing in the way that right-handed people can use it. So, yep. yeah, I think that's amazing that they've done that. Yeah, just that they think about that kind of stuff. So, and the amount of things you can put in this, this is a small profile bag, right? This this paper is like A5-ish size. Mm-hmm. Um it's yeah, five and a half by eight and a half paper is is what's made for this, and you can get three different types of of paper with it. Like if this was something I would use, I would punch my own. Like I'd get Rhodia or something and, and punch my own and, and cut it. It would work just fine. But the amount of stuff you can put in this in this field journal is ridiculous. I bet I could get twenty or thirty pens just in the slots, and then there's two or three other pockets you can hold things in. It's crazy the amount of stuff. So I could see where this was used for like a biologist to go out in the field and do tests, right? But that's such a specific use case. You know, you're never going to just sell it to like the biology crew. You're not going to sell that many of them, right? So it's uh, 
it's definitely kind of uh they're trying to make it into more of a mainstream you know portable journaling notebook type of system um you know i i just think it's a fantastic product i think it's a fantastic company and uh you know i just wanted to shine a little light on it because uh i i really like what tom ben does and uh i want to uh make sure that everyone wants to get on the giveaway of this product uh that it's going on right now we'll have that link in the show notes yep I'll put it in there yeah, this looks real cool. I loved as well you mentioned about the fact that you don't even think you've found all the pockets yet. <laughs> and that that is a real uh that's a real thing. Yeah, that happened with that happened with my aeronaut, the the big carry-on like I was packing it uh one of the first times I used it and I was packing it and I was like kind of done and then I turned it and I saw this other pocket and I was like crap, there's more more things I can discover. So that that literally happened with the uh the big bag. So I I'm sure there's something in there that I've missed on the the field journal as well. So good job. Good job by them. Yep. Love this stuff. Another product I got in like a month ago, I want to say is a book block journal. And this happened on Kickstarter, I believe originally. Yeah. When I went to this page, I know I've seen this before. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm almost positive. And, um, you know, they'd been contacting me and they contacted a bunch of other bloggers and they, um, got like, um, my pen addict artwork and wanted to make a journal for me and send it to me and uh, have me check it out and review it, which I'm going to do. That's like in the review queue. Like I did a Periscope mic before Mm -hmm. the podcast today, since we're running a little late and I had some, some time I did a Periscope and just realizing how big my backlog of stuff I need to review is. (laughs) And this is, this is one of them. So what they did is they took my pen addict logo and you can choose like different uh, brands of notebooks to get printed on. So like mine was done on these uh, Monsieur notebooks, which they can do like this digital print of the Panatic logo. I picked an orange color. They matched the orange color of the notebook, did the Panatic logo on the front, did the text, um, you know, dropped in, uh, you know, there are worse addictions right on there. Well, snuck that in on me, which was really cool. They, they did that without, without me. I just sent them the logo. So that was cool. And they, the quality of like the printing is good, but as you put in the show notes, they're not the best notebooks, right? Their choices no. are Moleskine with uh, Monsieur, which is pretty much like Moleskine. It doesn't work great with fountain pens. Like uh, Joe Crace reviewed his, you know, it's it's good um, for just like basic pens and pencils. It's not great for fountain pens. Um, and then the the book block um, notebooks I'm not familiar with or the Castelli, which are the other options um, you can get. I, I love the idea. The idea is good. What they delivered was good. It could be better. Right. That's kind of where I'm at on this. Like I even emailed them some feedback on this Monsieur notebook. Like they didn't package mine right. So um, the notebook cover rubbed against the cardboard envelope. Well, my logo is white, so that affected the logo when it arrived, right? That's something easily fixable. They just need to wrap the notebook better. Um, You know, the backside of the Monsieur notebook, um, it has the ribbon, you know, like all these notebooks do, like the moleskin and, you know, all these, you know, have the ribbon closure. The backside of the Monsieur notebooks where the ribbon attaches is not grommeted. So when you have a dark color notebook you don't have that metal ring protecting it so it kind of tears it and wears it and you see the white through it's just a glaring kind of eyesore type of thing 
Hmm. So there's like some fit and finish the details they need to work on. And I've told them this uh, through email and sent them pictures of what I was talking about. And this will I'll, this will also be in my review. But like the printing stuff and the ones that I've seen, they do a really good job at that. It's just not the best product for us. It if feels you will, like from it's a paper kind of perspective that you're putting all this effort in and you're wasting it by putting crap paper inside. Mm. Like I feel like they should at least have the option. Like, do you know what I looked at this? I looked when I looked at this page and I started scanning and immediately I was looking for Tomorrow River Paper. Mm-hmm. I was like, where is it? It's gotta be on here. Yeah. That was like what was going through my brains. It's like you make that my God, we'll all buy notebooks from you. If you <laughs> can like put something like Tomoe in here, everyone's yeah. gonna get one, right? Yeah. That's probably never gonna happen, but something like Rhodia that is more common and could probably sure. get um, to be able to do this, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but uh, Rodios is one that does um, their logo on the front cover, where you know Moleskine and some of these other ones don't. So maybe they're just getting standard stock stuff instead of getting something built for them. But if they took the time and effort to get something built for them that they could use for this, it would be an infinitely better product, uh, infinitely more useful. From the way that they put it on the website, though, you can kind of build it to order. Like you can choose any outside and any inside so hmm. you know Interesting. It, it feels like it would be possible to to not have the rodeo thing on there yeah but maybe it gets more expensive when you do that but maybe because it kind of says that the website is like uh pick your cover material pick your paper interior end papers like it looks like you can do the whole thing we can custom make any notebook any size just the way you want it mm-hmm. i think Put some put some better paper. Like I know you say it's difficult, but if they could find a way to to put like the Tomoe inserts, you know, mm-hmm. like you get the little small inserts because they have some of those here. Chuck a couple of those in a notebook and with a cover that you make yourself, and be game over. Be great. Yeah, yeah, be great. Because the uh, the the logo work like they do, like the the that actual process of getting it onto the cover was pretty cool. They did a good mm-hmm. job with that. So, so yeah, You're nearly there, guys. It's a yeah, it's a something and it's just not all the way there yet. So so it's a thing. It's a so thing. An, another thing that just launched this morning was the Baron Fig Vanguard. Mm-hmm. When I started like being like really into stationary and getting older, this is like pre pinatic stuff. So, you know, probably like ten years ago, my favorite notebooks were the Moleskin, the Kayes, the the paper cover, the soft cover, not the hardbound. I would have stacks and stacks of the paper cover, the soft cover notebooks. Did you ever use those? No, but my favorites, and you could probably go back in time and get this, was the standard moleskins, mm-hmm. standard size moleskins, standard thickness, but with soft covers. Yeah. So they would make them with cardboard covers, not the KA, not the thin ones. Right. That they were the regular size, thick, regular ones, regular moleskins, but with soft covers so they could be opened flat and more yep. easily. Yep, like the, I, the ones that that you're mentioning, I think, are the ones where you get them in like a three pack. Exactly. Yeah, but these ones were the regular ones with a soft cover. But yeah, I, I used to love gotcha. that. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'd buy the ones, the small ones would come in three packs, the large ones would come in two packs because they were so big and they had yep. tons of pages. That was always my favorite format, mm-hmm. um, and I, I love that style. And Baron Fig launched that one this morning called the Vanguard, which is similar. It's that soft cover that I love. Love, love, love the soft cover. Um, and they did it in, you can get it in grid, uh, sorry, dot grid, 
ruled are blank and they have like a light gray and a dark gray cover with their yellow stitching that they use it looks similar it looks like a baron fig product but uh it's in the soft cover i reviewed they sent me some um in advance i've been checking them out i just posted some pictures this morning um i didn't have time to do a proper review before they launched them but they're really cool um the paper it's just like any other baron fig product that you've ever used before the paper's the same so it's really good with gel ballpoint pencil it's pretty good with fountain pens my finer nibs have zero issue no bleed no ghosting no feathering nothing the wider nibs um like i used a medium german nib um and that ink it doesn't bleed through the page it doesn't feather but you can see the ghosting like you can see it on the back right and then like the roller balls like the schmidt which is funnily enough the the baron fig squire the, with the Schmidt P81 26 and 27 review, you can see that through the back. Uh, sorry, refill, not review. Um, huh, that's but it's interesting. Not, yeah, it's not a lot. It's not anything that I think would prevent someone from even writing on the back. So it's pretty good. Um, but I, I just love the format of these notebooks with the but, soft covers. I'm so a soft cover junkie. What is the difference between the Vanguard and the Apprentice? Uh, nothing. The... Oh, where did it go? I thought I brought it in here. I think it might be a little bit thicker. I don't know that it is actually thicker. It's it's pretty much the same, I think. It looks like on their website they have now replaced the Apprentice with the Vanguard and they have them in different sizes because previously they were just pocket. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they're identical. Um, could you get the Apprentice in different rulings? I don't think so. Yeah, so maybe they've just... Um, Maybe it's been usurped with this one. That's a good question. It looks because like it's the it. same size. Uh huh. And so, what is the material of the cover? Is it like a cardboard? Uh, it's not it's like a cardboard. A... Yeah, it's like okay. a thick cardboard. Because can... another thing I used to like about the moleskin ones is they had that. that same covering. You know, like the faux leather covering. Yeah. They would put those on the soft cover ones that I used right. to use, and I used to really like that because it was something a little bit more durable than paper or cardboard. Right. This is more like the Kaye that had the cardboard covers. Yeah. And that's how this is. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. The cool thing about the pocket size, which I, I have told people several times, um, the, the old apprentice and now I guess the new Vanguard pocket that fits your traveler's passport size. That's what size right, the right. small one is. So that's a good option for people that are looking for something different um, in their in their passport, um, Midori passport um, books too. As is out. usual with Baron Fig, um, I really like the naming of their mm -hmm. uh, sizes, Pocket, Flagship, and Plus. They're mm -hmm. really nice names. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. So I, I've used, I chose the flagship dot grid to start with. So that's the nice. one I've been playing around with. Nice. I like it. Good. I very much like it. Um, and I have some of those to give away. So they sent me a whole box full of them. I got about six or seven packs of them, so I'm going to do a giveaway maybe next week, maybe the week after. So stay tuned for that. Um, More stuff on my desk, Mike. Man. More more making you mad, even though this one's not necessarily for you. I don't think you would like this pen. And, and actually, uh, you put a note in the, in, the, in the review that it's not for you at all. But I, Ian Schoen has made um, pocket pens for a while. He started on Kickstarter a few years ago. He's always had really cool designs. Here, let me get this out of its case real quick. Oh, <laughs> so do that again. <laughs> that's just in its, uh, it's got one of those cardboard uh, tubes, but it's so tight. That's that, great um, sounding. That's just, that's out of its uh, storage. 
tube. I've been carrying this. It's a little pocket pen. It fits the Fisher Space Pen refill. He started out making aluminum pens, sold them on Kickstarter, started his own site. He's done real well. He does a really good design. Um, so now he's making them in other materials. The one he sent me is stainless, uh, which he's also sent to our buddy Mike Dudek. And Mike has got his review up on it. Um, this is a heavy sucker. Like, it's heavy <laughs> i don't know how to compare it it's like it might be the heaviest pin i own it's probably ranks up there with some of the full-size Keras customs uh brass and copper pins you know i haven't weighed them side by side it's got some density to it i mean that's bouncing off my, my desk word. right there <laughs> so i carry this in my pocket i actually don't notice the weight in my pocket like it's i thought it would be i thought it would bug me in my pocket being too heavy it's not where it does get heavy sorry, as I, as I unscrew that is when you post it, like writing unposted is fine. It's long enough for me to write unposted. I've been carrying this at knock every day. Um, because I like to, I'm in and out of the office and the shop constantly all day, all day, all day. And I need a pen sometimes. And I end up not carrying, um, a pen clipped to my shirt because I'm up and down, bending over, pulling stuff off shelves, whatever. I think it's going to fly out. So I care. I've been wanting a pocket pen. I've been carrying this one for a week and I've been using it and I love it. Um, the only downside is the weight is too heavy for me when it's posted. It becomes a very unwieldy pen, if you will, just because of the weight. But I think some people would like that. Um, other than that, I, I really like it. I'm gonna, I'm still working on that review. So that's another one coming soon. That's another one I will probably give away because I want it to go to someone who will use it more than me, but I don't know. I've been carrying it a bunch, so maybe I'll have it so banged up. I did drop the, drop this on my foot once. Um, luckily it like hit my, I was wearing like a flip flop. Luckily it hit like the strap or else I'd probably have a mark. I just don't like how it looks. Yeah. I can understand that. It's really, it's really not for me. Like, the exposed screw in the end of it, uh, yeah. That like the way that the the grip section is like significantly different in size, like in thickness. Yeah, it's just not my kind of style. It's I've never been a big fan of tactical looking pens. Mm -hmm. You know, I think yeah. like the Karis Custom stuff, like whilst durable, has a real nice sense of design about it. You know, like I guess mm -hmm. that would be the closest that I would come because they're like big and heavy stuff. You know, right. Um, but you know, even then I prefer the more elegant ones that they make, like the ink over something like the bolt. Right. Um, yeah, this, it's just not, they're just not for me. Yeah. This is definitely not a pen for everyone. And I would recommend it. It would have to be like a very specific problem you're trying to solve. If you were, if this came up like in my recommendations list, like if I had an email saying, you know, certain things, um, you know, there's all kinds of different pens I recommend for different things. Um, this one would have to hit a specific set of circumstances uh, for me to recommend it, but that doesn't mean it's not a good pen for me. Um, it's also expensive. I think this model runs right around a hundred dollars. So not a cheap pen, no. um, but it's, uh, it's not going anywhere either, man. This thing is, uh, <laughs> this thing that's gonna, it'll, it'll definitely withstand the zombie apocalypse. I'm, I'm fairly certain of that. Yeah, I think you might be right there. My next pen might um, withstand the zombie apocalypse too, although I'm not sure about the nib because it is a fountain pen. But I got the uh, my orange Edison Pearl G10 that I bought at the DC Pen Show last year. Um, it had a it had a sibling there in black that uh, another someone I knew bought, and um, you know I always kind of told him if he ever got rid of it and 
to let me know and I'd be interested in turns out a few weeks ago he was interested in selling it and uh, I bought it so I now own an orange and a black Edison Pearl G10 how many of these actually exist I think it's just these two that's what I I was just about to to say do you own all of them (laughs) yeah I think you own all of a line of pens how do you feel about that I don't know that that's a total fact but I believe that's the case the uh, Brian Gray just made them as just to see how the G10 material would work in a pen um, and he made these two and he gave them to uh, Bryant with Chatterley uh, to sell. And uh, Bryant actually couldn't sell them um, until the right person came along. <laughs> and the right person was me. I like very particular things in a pen. And when I see something um, in a design, in a shape that I like, in a material that I like, in a color that I like, uh, you know, it just happened to be the right match for me. And I think that happens with a lot of pens, right? That's why we have all, all have our own particular tastes and styles. But I think these are the only two. I could probably email Brian Gray and uh, clarify, but um, I think these are the only two that he made because they damage his machinery so much. We went and mm-hmm. talked to him uh, when I bought the orange one because I wanted to learn more about it um, because it's such an interesting material. And I wanted to ask Brian what he was trying to do with these pins. And he was trying to make G10 pins. And uh, what G10 is, it's like a fiberglass. It's like a heavy duty fiberglass material you see in knife handles a lot. So it's a very, very dense, fibrous material. Um, and it ended up like overheating his machines because it was it was hard to manipulate in in all the machinery that he had. So he ended up not making them. So are these the only two? I don't know for sure, but um, I'm glad I have these two because they're pretty cool. I like them. So it, it's my kind of pen. Like you want to design a pen for Brad? This is this is the pen for me. So it's very cool. So. Welcome home, Edison G10 in black. Yeah. Um, uh, what do they feel like? It's like a like a acrylic or something, right? Yeah, but like really hard, really dense. Let me get, let me, so here's the thread. So you can tell there's some tactileness there. Like it's not a smooth threading, but the barrel is dead smooth. But listen to this sound. It's different than you would think. It sounds more metallic. Yeah, but it's like a really hard, plasticky, fiberglass-type material. It's really hard to explain until you get it into your hands. It's very, very solid, but lightweight. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. it's an interesting material. So, you've, you've, you've used my orange one before, and, uh, yep. like, it's hard to, like, grasp it, like, what actually it's made of, because it feels so different from anything else. Look at you, buying up mm-hmm. all the stock. Yeah, we'll see. That's my pen, man. I I like it. All right, this week's episode is brought to you by Harry's. Listen up, everyone. Father's Day is fast approaching, and a Harry's shaving set will make the perfect gift. Not only do they look cool, they feel special as well, and it's something that will be a joy to use every day and remind that father in your life that you got them something lovely. On Father's Day. Don't just buy another tie or a pair of socks. Harry's have got you covered. While supplies last, Harry's is offering a special limited edition shave set for Father's Day. But hey, there's no reason why you can't buy one for yourself as well. Over one million people have switched to Harry's because they offer 
a high quality shave at about half the price of other big brand blades. On average, an everyday shaver saves $150 each year on blades using Harry's. And you're able to order online easy peasy. They make great quality products. You're going to get a close, comfortable shave with their five blade German crafted cartridges, which feature a flexible hinge and lubricated strip as well. And Harry's offers a quality guarantee. So there's nothing to lose. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about that special limited edition Father's Day shave set. It includes a matte black razor handle, a chrome razor stand, Harry's moisturizing foam shave gel, and three of Harry's handcrafted blade cartridges and a travel cover, all for just $40. It comes in a sleek, giftable box with the option to add custom engraving and a personalized card as well. Harry's also offers shaving sets at all different price points, starting at $15, so you'll find the right set. Now, Brad, I believe you have one of these shaving sets. Yeah, so Harry sent me one so I, I could talk about this when um, you know we were when it was getting around to Father's Day because it's such a cool kit, and uh, I'm a diehard Harry's customer. So number one, Mike, Mike dropped it on me without me knowing it's coming. Number two, when I opened the box, I went, Oh my God, look at this. <laughs> it's really cool. Then I, then I texted you like, look what Harry sent me. Look how cool this is. You're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I knew it was coming. Yeah. So what stood out about this is number one, the handle, the handle feels different than any of the other handles. And I've tried them all. Um, the black matte finish is very cool. It's got some weight to it. And the one thing I don't have in this kit is the stand, um, you know, the little uh, razor stand, which is, uh, is it a block of block of aluminium? Yeah. So that's in the kit. And that's the one thing out of all the hairy stuff that I have, I, I didn't have that. So I really want that. But I've kind of got a dilemma, Mike. So Father's Day is coming up. And guess what my father-in-law's name is? Is it Harry? It is Harry. Oh, the outside of the box. Of this whole kit says Harry's shave set. That's kind of perfect. That's kind of perfect. <laughs> so it's been sitting there on the counter in my bathroom unused because I got to decide if I'm going to give this thing up uh, to the father-in-law. I think that's totally the right move, don't you? Well, Brad, why don't you just buy another one, right? <laughs> You keep this one, give the other one away. <laughs> but I would, and I wouldn't even have to engrave anything because it already says Harry Shave Set on it. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. So now, this is a perfect gift for all fathers. But if their name is Harry, it's even more perfect. Go to harrys.com right now and you'll get $5 off with your first purchase with the promo code PENADDICT. Free shipping for Father's Day ends on Friday, June the 3rd. So act quickly. That's H A R R Y S.com. Enter the code Pen Addict to check out and you'll get $5 off the perfect gift for Father's Day. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, Mike, do you ever wonder, you were stranded on a desert island, what one pen, one ink, and one paper would you bring with you? It's difficult. Yeah. Our, our friend Tony, friend of the show, Tony's in the uh, in the chat room today. He's created a website called DesertIslandDesks.com. And Which is a really, a- really fantastic name yes because of desert island discs yes exactly i I used to love desert island discs that was one of my favorite things to to always read and i'd always make my own list for that so i I should do that one day make my own desert island discs but i want to make my own desert island desk mike um so tony has set this up on tumblr because you can submit to this so he has a submission page where you you too michael can uh 
let Tony know your one pen, one uh, one ink, and one paper. So what do you have? Do you can you answer your Desert Island desk right here live on the podcast? Yeah, I think I think I can. Okay, so um, ink is easy. So first off, I thought about um, Retro Fifty One right Mm -hmm. as being mine as the ink and the pen all in one but as much as i love them i think i would miss fountain pens too much Mm -hmm. right like if i only had a retro 51 with me i'd probably miss the fountain pens plus the bottle of ink the one bottle of ink that i have would probably last longer than the refill Mm. right so Mm. i'm thinking i'm thinking smart here yeah so i would probably as i speak right now I reckon I would take my Pilot M90 mm. because it is so beautiful, right? Like it's a toss up between that and the Pro Gear, but I think I would right now I would go Pilot M90. I didn't think about that one for you, but I think that's the right answer for you. I, I like that. Good call. Um, naturally, I would go with Iroshizuku Furugaki. Mm-hmm. And whilst it maybe isn't the best paper for the job, sometimes maybe, I don't know, I would definitely take field notes. Because mm-hmm. I would, again, if I would miss that too much too. Like in the same way that I've missed fountain pens too much, I would miss my cool field notes. So yeah. I don't know what one I would take. Probably, probably Night Sky. Mm. Because that's, good. that's I, I think that that is my favorite edition of all time. Gotcha. Um, so I'll probably, I'll probably take those. So I think the paper is the hardest to answer. The paper is the hardest. Cause I'm thinking like if I wanted to take the very best paper, mm-hmm. that's something completely different to what is my favorite notebook. Right. So it's like, right. if I was going to take the very best pen, I would take the pro gear because the, I think the pro gear is a better pen than anything mm-hmm. I own, mm-hmm. but I would miss that, oh, do you know what? Now I'm looking at my uh, sky at night over here, <laughs> and because uh, this thing is the most fun pen that I have. Yeah, but it's not very use. It wouldn't be very useful. It's difficult to write notes with this. Yeah, because um, it's I have the music nib on it. Right, right, right. Yeah, that wouldn't match up with your field notes very well. No. So I think I would have to take my Pilot Custom 823. I've been fawning over this pen since I first got it. It's the vacuum filler, the big big boy Pilot. Um, it holds so much ink. It writes so well. Um, it's durable. It's strong. Um, I, I think I could write with that one pen for the rest of my life on a desert island. I think that would be a good choice. Um, and I would probably ink it with, golly, I think Oroshizuku Konpeki. I wouldn't go blue black. Strong choice. Strong choice. I wouldn't go blue black. I'd want something with some more pop that would be more enjoyable. I'm very Um, surprised you went with Hiroshizuku, you know. I think my second choice would have been Sailor Apricot. Yeah. Um, But I think I'm going to go with the Konpeki. It's just so bright and happy, you know, and it it will look cool in this pen, too. So, I, you know, you want to, you know, if I'm stuck on a desert island, you know, I want something that's going to be a little bit uplifting. And I think the paper, that's uh, like I said, that's the hardest. I think I would probably do the um, the Nanami paper, the Crossfield Journal with the Tomoe River paper, just because it's the right format and has a huge quantity of pages because that paper's so thin. 
Um, that's a really, really cool journal. Um, it's not the most durable or functional choice, but I think if I was set up with the 823, the Conpecky, and the Crossfield, I'd be a pretty happy camper on a desert island. So, yeah. I think I think that's what I'm going with. So I, you know what, and I, I will work on submitting that to Tony uh, as well to get uh, some love on his desert island desks. And um, you know, Dave Forsyth, thank you for uh, choosing the Notco three by five index cards as your paper. That's pretty killer. <laughs> I'm pretty happy about that. I'm not gonna lie. Um, for and he wrote some nice uh, some nice words about them. And uh, to have uh, our product on on a desert island, that's pretty cool. I think. Yeah, I like this. It's a nice sight. Yep, yep. So, very cool. So, you wanted to talk about uh, our good friend Jenny's uh, Sweet Tooth review? I just wanted to, to mention it and point people to it in case they haven't seen it um, for the photography. Yeah, she's uh, out of hand. It's in the the levels that Jenny reaches photography-wise with her reviews of the Field Notes issues just continue to get better and better. Like, my favorite points on this review is that when uh Ginny has showing the the sweet tooth colors in context with all of the other colors that have been used so Mm -hmm. the the green belly band is the same green as the soybean from the national crop on the inside and then she shows all the yellows all the blues and all the reds together that's my favorite part but just all in all the photography that it's just absolutely absolutely incredible uh and it's worth going to just to take a look at that yeah definitely visit it this is to put something together like this is a lot of work just for one single post on one single blog um it's really cool she did a great job setting it all up um uh photographing it reviewing it um again yeah she does awesome stuff so you should uh you should definitely go see Three Staples. And we'll have to see about getting her on the podcast sometime, shouldn't we, Mike? I agree with that. I agree with that. <clears throat> I also wanted to just ask you the question of what's in the box. Mm-hmm. You posted a picture on Instagram <laughs> that said top secret. Mm-hmm. And it's like a bunch of bubble wrapped stuff. <laughs> and I am just too uh, nosy. And what 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 is what is all this madness here? You should have watched uh, my Periscope earlier today. Oh uh, yeah, because so I took that picture three days ago. That stack of stuff is in the exact same <laughs> state that it was when I took that picture. I have a stack probably eight or ten inches tall um, of an order from Jet Pins, and that's probably oh. as much as I can say. It's all Jet Pins stuff. That's coming soon, if you will. So this is mm-hmm. me getting ahead of the game, um, adding to the monstrous stack of reviews that I have to do. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> the bubble wrap, it, I could go take this picture again right now because it has not been touched since I I received it. So it's just another one of those stacks I have to work through, Mike. Busy man. And Keeping you- me busy at... Uh, Pin Addict uh, LLC or whatever it's called. Just all this free stuff all the time. <laughs> free stuff, free stuff. All working it, man. Place. Working it. Gotta, gotta get them reviewed. Gotta keep them going. Busy boy. Yes. All right, you got some last TPA for us? Yeah, we got a bunch. So we'll see if we can get to all of it. We maybe can. We can probably 
fly through through some of it quicker than others because there's some I want to elaborate on and there's some I can uh, get through quicker. But this first batch, so we had, our, our questions are split up in two halves. One is a bunch of Slack questions that I got out of the podcast channel in our Slack room. If you want access to our Slack room, it's available to anybody and everybody. You just have to get me an email address I can send the invite to. So get me on Twitter, send me an email, Facebook, whatever. There's no link anymore. There used to be a link. Mm -hmm. The link doesn't exist. Now you have to go through Brad, which I think is maybe the first kind of line of vetting, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I've never turned anyone away. Um, that just sent in case, me one. Right? But it's just, instead of having, it's gotten so large, instead of just having it wide open, we'll just have this one little step. You got to make the effort to send me an email, say, mm-hmm. hey, I would like an invite to the Pen Annex Slack room, and then I send it to you. So that's it. So this is a bunch from the Slack room. So I want to be sure to get these in for sure. So, uh, Kville Hina, you know, we have we have Twitter style usernames in there, too. So wants to know about our summer plans and which shows you and Mike are planning on attending. I'll let you go first because you're attending a show that's not a pin show. It's not even a show. But what are you about to do? Uh, Well, I'm going to Barcelona this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to Primavera Music Festival. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be seeing Brian Wilson. Nice. He's performing as part of his kind of uh, 50th anniversary of Pet Sounds World Have Tour you ever seen right him now. before? I yeah, mean, I know how big a fan you are. my fourth. Okay, cool. Uh, I've seen him twice on his own. I've seen him once with the remaining Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Massive, massive fan. Yes. So I'm very looking forward to that. Um, and then I'm going to be off to WWDC. Um, just after that, so the week after, we're going to San Francisco. I haven't got mm-hmm. any pen shows planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll well, I'll swing by London. Um, going to talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As we spoke about last week, so yep. we might maybe try and get a small London crew together and roll up to the London pen show. We're going to have the desk of Adam on next week as our special guest, so we'll we'll get some questions for him about uh, London and and uh, do it up like we did with Tessa. So yes. Yep. So that would be awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from that, no. I mean, I am really tempted to do DC, mm. but I don't think I can make it work this year because I've got some other travel in August. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think next year I've, I've got to do DC. So I will be at the DC Pin Show in August, which is like the first week of August, and I will be at the San Francisco Pin Show towards the end of the month. And... Um, between now and then, I'm just working my tail off at Knock and uh, on the Pinatic stuff. So getting, you know, making sure all my business is in order, getting everything straight for the summer. Because um, I'm going to be busy this summer just with family stuff. You know, the kids are out of school at the end of this week. They're off for about nine weeks. We end up doing a little bit of traveling. My parents live one one direction. Her parents are another direction. And so we just kind of bounce around a lot during the summer. Between that, I'm going to be up the road at Knock. Um, we are cranking on all cylinders right now. And we'll have some more news to share towards the end of the month about, um, you know, getting our, our house in order, if you will, and getting everyone the cases they want. So that's my focus the next two months. Then August, I'll be traveling to two pin shows. So it's going to be busy. What it, do you think? It's already busy. Is the chance that DC would be interested in a, in a live episode of The Pan Addict? Zero. Okay, too big? <laughs> too clueless. Too big, too clueless. All right, well. It, it would be such a hassle. We would have to do it completely off-site and just completely ourselves. Nah, it doesn't sound like fun. Yeah. So next year, I'll probably swing by. Um, yeah. 
to hang out for a couple of days, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be we cool. Get togethers or whatever, but maybe no yeah. live show. Right. But you know, I have thought about, and we have thought about, like at some point, um, taking this show on the road, as it were. Yes. So yeah, we're thinking about that. You know, where else could we do it? I right. would really like to do something, uh, maybe East Coast or something like that, just so we can try mm-hmm. and get some different people that can't can't usually make it out to Atlanta or whatever. So we'll right. see. We'll see yep. in the future. Yep, it's something we always talk about. It's always mm-hmm. on the table. So yep, keep thinking about it. All right, Robo Jim wants to know. Um, wants us to talk about what makes some pin makers a little boring, so to speak, and why they don't get much coverage comparatively. So, I mean, this is a, a really, really long convoluted question that could be answered in so, so many different ways. But I think these days it boils down to what brands are embracing, like the social media aspect of things like historic brands like Parker is the first thing that comes to mind. Why are they boring and why don't they get much coverage is because they choose to be boring and not look for coverage. You know, I, they don't do anything socially. They don't make anything necessarily interesting. They've had a couple good designs recently, but their price points are way out of line with what uh, their competition's doing. Um, So that's like a standout, you know, some of the historical brands like Parker, Waterman, Cross, all those companies just don't get coverage because they're not making anything interesting within the price point that they need to compete at. Um, and that's what it boils down to. Um, I've enjoyed some of the Parkers that I've used recently, some of the, the current Parkers. They're just never going to compete with uh, what else is out there on the market. So, Could, Couldn't agree with you more. It boils down to do they make things that tick our boxes? Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then it's highly unlikely that we're going to talk about them. Right. Right. So Tambone wants to know about pen purchase regrets. Um, her story is she got obsessed with getting her hands on a Sailor Pro gear, the all orange one mic, and ended up paying too much for one. So she said, then it came and I was like, what is my problem? <laughs> Any pens are that either you or I got caught up in the hype and were disappointed with purchase. You know, she's not necessarily saying like that's a bad pen, but she got so obsessed with it. She probably overpaid instead of waiting, you know? Yeah. It is more like she had to have it now and then was disappointed. Is there anything you had to have now and was disappointed in? I'm trying to think myself. I don't know in that exact uh, way that like I, I maybe bought something that I shouldn't have bought, uh, but I have definitely bought some pens that I've ended up regretting. Hmm. You know, do you, have a, do you have a name like? Well, like uh, the Vanishing Point. Sure. Okay, that's a good you one know? for you. Yeah. Uh, I I ended up like I kind of really put that pen on a pedestal without ever having actually used it, and mm-hmm. after using it for a while, like I noticed immediately that it wasn't right for me, but tried to kind of like not think about it for a while right mm-hmm. and just talking about all the things i liked about it but it was never comfortable for me to use yeah um so you know that's definitely one uh outside of that i think i would struggle to i mean i definitely got caught up in my uh custom made edison mm-hmm. um, and i paid more money than i should have mm-hmm. you know like th- not that it wasn't a fair price but like having a gold nib put on it was pointless i don't know why i did that like i didn't necessarily need that um their steel nibs are fantastic like i just went overboard 
Mm-hmm. So you're not going to like this one, Mike. I think the one pen I regret getting is my orange Nakaya Nagoro. Not because it's not a beautiful, awesome pen. It's because I did almost what you did where it was like uh-huh. such an impulse buy. Like, and I never use it because I don't love the nib on it. Like I bought it secondhand and I've never gotten the nib to where I want it to be to where it's my everyday carry pen. And that's what I want that pen to be. That's a pen that's made to be used. And I never ink it up because I don't love the nib. What is the nib? Um, It's a fine gold nib, but mm. it just, and I've had Mike Masayama work on it and I've never gotten it to where I want it to it's either not firm enough or not fine enough or not smooth enough or all of the above or none of the above. It's just, it's, it's in my head now at this point. Right. So I want to, I think I'm going to send it off and just get a new nib and that way it's mine. Right. That's the issue with buying something secondhand, especially something expensive secondhand. You'd never know. And that yeah. while there's nothing technically wrong with the nib, it's just not mine. It's also gold, which is fine on that orange pen. It looks good. But I think if I had a rhodium plated extra fine or a rhodium plated medium stub, I would use it so much more. So I don't regret owning the pen. I don't regret that it's sitting there on my desk. I do regret that I spent the money for something that expensive that wasn't like dead perfect for me. I like got caught up in like there's one of the most amazing pens ever that looks exactly for me and I have to have it now. And that's kind of what I did. And I think that's kind of what Tammy did too. So I didn't have to do that at the time. It's like we talked about with your Nakaya. It's always, it's going to be there, right? <laughs> There's going to be another opportunity. And I think that's one I regret a little bit, hmm. but I don't regret owning it. And like, but you know, I'm going to spend 200 more dollars to get it for me. You know, does that make yeah, sense? That's the problem. That is the problem. And I've been holding off on that because I don't want to spend 200 more dollars on it. So it's I end up not using it because of that. So I don't know. I got to fix that. So. Yep. All right. Bell Real wants to know, and I, I like this question a lot. Are you or Mike having any issues with limited edition fatigue? It seems like every vendor under the sun is releasing limited pens, limited inks. Heck, there was a limited edition traveler's notebooks for collectors. What say you? I mean, luckily, I don't buy into too much of it. Right. So I'm I'm shaking my head yes vigorously. So, you know, I I like the limited edition of the things that I like. Yep. Um but the things that I like limited editions of are things that are already like collector's stuff. Right? So when I came to Field Notes and when I came to Retro 51, they were already like had a history of making their like whole businesses around making things that are only available for a certain period of time like mm-hmm. new items in their catalog. So limited editions fit, fit within there, but I'm not a completionist of any of this stuff, so it doesn't bother me too much. But when there then starts to be like everyone jumping on that bandwagon, it gets a bit like I'm able to just be like, oh, this is ridiculous, but I don't buy into it. Um, but I, th- I can see how it ends up being a problem. I wish that people wouldn't do it so much. Like I know that people really love the Blackwing, but mm-hmm. it's it's just, you know, you look at it and you're like, what an original idea you had, Blackwing. 
You know, like mm-hmm. it's like it's so clear that they that you know that they looked at right. what Field Notes were doing and were like, we can get in on that action. Right. Especially when I feel like a lot of the time, well, with like maybe one exception, in my opinion, they've not been very impressive. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not impressive to new people in the way that Field Notes are. Field Notes right. can be impressive to people that don't care about notebooks because right. they do really interesting things. Not all of them, but lots of them. Yeah, but I yeah I I do have I do have the feeling of like it's just too much. So I I do think there's maybe some market fatigue. I don't there's not any personal fatigue on my own because I don't yeah. buy like you said I don't buy into that. Um, I'll buy a limited edition not because it's a limited edition. I buy a limited edition because it's a product I already love, already use, and know I'm going to use it. So and I don't have to have it all right. I've gotten to the point where. You know, maybe I used to, you know, have that fear of missing out on the limited edition thing, and I've gotten over that. So personally, I don't have limited edition fatigue. I like, I enjoy some of the releases of the products that I like in mm-hmm. limited editions, and I'm happy to buy them, and I'm even more happy to use them. I don't ever buy anything to collect and hoard, right? So, I mean, I buy it to collect it, but I'm buying it to use it, if you will. You know, it's not going to sit there and it's it's packaging. The market as a whole, maybe. I, I could see that where you're, where you're coming from with, with the comment. Um, maybe there's some limited edition fatigue within the marketplace a, as a whole. Um, I don't know if that's going to change. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. We'll see. I mean, you know, things go in cycles right now. That's uh, It's a pretty hot thing to do. Um, you know, and we certainly do some of that stuff with knock and cause we like making smaller batch things that are, are kind of cool. And, um, so sometimes those things are limited. So, you know, I'm certainly part of that as well. <laughs> You're the problem here. Man. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm playing both sides of the fence, Mike. All right. So Penhall wants to know what makes customs pens so good, ignoring the fact that they are personalized to you, strictly looking at a quality and performance. Are they worth it? I find that they're very much worth it. And you can't ignore the fact that they're personalized to you. Yeah, if you if you remove the fact that they're personalized, then there's no point in them existing. Right. So I can pick out a material, pick out a barrel shape, uh, pick out a design, and have the nib modified to fit into that, and have it how I wanted, and have that one-on-one service. Um, that's what makes the custom pen so good. You can't ignore the personalization aspect of it. Uh, quality and performance, they're just going to be different than... If you compared them, like I have an Edison G10, the pins I've talked about today, the three pins I have inked up are a Pilot 823, which is a stock pin, a Pelican M205, which is a stock pin, and I have an Edison G10 Pearl, which is a completely off the charts custom pin. They do not compare at all. Like you cannot put one of those pins up against each other. They're so different. Even though the Pelican has amazing quality and performance, the Pilot has amazing quality and performance. The Edison also has amazing quality and performance, but it has a material that I love in a shape that I love that's personal to me. That's what makes it such a good pen for me. That's why I paid $350 for it. It's not cheap. It's individually made. Um, so it is, they're so good because they are personalized to you. So you can't really compare them otherwise. You know, you have to include that into comparing an Edison Pearl to a Pilot 823. You just do. 
Yeah. <laughs> Look, if, if you want to take all the personalization part out of it, then you are just paying for nothing. Yeah. Then just buy the Pilot 823, which yeah. is an amazing pin, which may be my favorite pin ever. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm learning to love this pin so much. Mm. Very um, interesting. It's an awesome killer, killer pin. It was my Desert Island, Desert Island pin, Mike. It's not. It's number two to my Nakaya Portable, I will say that, but this is the Desert Island pin. If you want to spend $300 on a pin, buy the 823. It is killer. Um, and you have a super large company backing you up. You have tens of thousands of pins you know that they've already manufactured so you know the quality is dead on but getting that little extra that makes the pin for you that's what the custom pin does so you have to count in that personalization aspect of it so kind of related to like the last two or three questions nick wants to know what are your thoughts on pin credit card debt of spousal support of our disappointment of pin habit debt. I didn't read that correctly. Not just pins, but related expenses such as trips to pin shows. Can't recall this topic being discussed much in the pin community. I'm a strict believer in you. Sh- you shouldn't have. You should not have pin credit card debt. That yeah. phrase should not exist. If you're considering going into debt to purchase a pin and putting it on a credit card that you can't pay off, like in the next month or two months max. There's you have no business going to a pin show or purchasing a pin. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Um, our friend Matt from Pin Habit went through this a couple years ago, and it's not a pretty thing. It don't do it. There's I take cash to pin shows for a reason. It's been many many shows since I've put a pin on a credit card. Um, I either pay for it for cat out of cash or out of PayPal from money that I know that's been set aside and saved specifically for pin show, specifically for pin show travel, going into debt to purchase a pin is no, you just shouldn't do it. Yeah, I agree. Unless you know you can pay it off, right? That you yep. know that it's like, I've got a bonus coming in like two months and I'm going to pay out. It will pay it with that. Right. Like, so I'll mm-hmm. just put it on here now cause I'm buying it now or I'm at the show now. Yeah. Or like, it's like, you know that you would be able to pay it off in two chunks out of your disposable income, mm-hmm. but you just don't have all that money to give right now. That's cool. Like if you don't want to draw from your savings to do it, you want to put it on the card instead, do it. But there should never be a pen that like sticks on the card forever. Um, I will take a slightly different, uh, task, uh, uh route to you. If you are putting travel to the show on the card, I think that is more acceptable because that is a life experience. That is a different thing. It is in the way that people put holidays on credit Mm. cards. I think that is different. You're going to draw more from that in your life. I believe that kind of experience is like, I understand you're going to be paying it off for a few years because you have to, Mm. but don't buy pens on credit cards. Yeah, I can can buy that. I'm not saying it's the way you should do it, but sure. I think be more inclined that. to do that than to buy the pens on it. Yeah, you're taking it as your vacation kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, all this stuff we talk about on the show and all the stuff we buy and all the stuff we have, it, it should be coming out of like the rainy day slush fund. You know, <laughs> don't go into don't go into pen credit card debt, please. Like I was literally thinking just before you asked this question and I hadn't read the question about like the weirdness of 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 this show existing like, you know when you mentioned you know, well, you know when you mentioned the pen that was like $350 it's like it's such a large amount of money but it in context of what we talk about doesn't seem like a large amount of money and mm-hmm. you know it needs to be said that like we are both in a position uh, that we're very lucky that that we're able to make the money that we make so that we can buy stupidly expensive pens <laughs> i know that it differs across our audience like uh, tessa was saying last week that she doesn't 
she doesn't like the idea of spending a couple yeah. of hundred dollars or a hundred dollars on a pen. I thoroughly enjoyed when she said that. I, I think that was a really good point to make. Yeah, and like she was disgusted, kind yeah. of at like the she idea was. of it. And I think that that is a great way to look at it. And I think that's how everyone should be: is knowing what is right for you, what your limits are, and sticking to them. You know, yep. I think that's important. Yep, yep, very much so. It's how, like, you know, with me, at least, I take breaks from purchases for a long time. Like, big chunks of time where I don't buy anything. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of the way that I let it balance out for me. That's kind of how I do it, too. But um, I'm, you know, I'm super lucky to be in a position where stuff crosses my desk all the time that I don't have to pay for. So I know I'm in a lucky position of privilege that way. So, you are. Um, you know, I, I'm able to, to hold off and making some of the big purchases, you know, every few months or something, you know, buy something, buy something big that I've been saving for, I've been eyeballing. So, and I also want to save that money for when the opportunity arises, I can buy like this G10 that I wanted, you know, that I'm not having to put it on a credit card or something like that to just to be able to afford something that I want, um, that I don't really need. So yep. let's, let's face it. We don't need all this stuff that we have. <laughs> No. <laughs> All right, but let's talk about how we're going to move this stuff, Mike. Glenn HK is moving flats, and he wants to move his Inkpire safely. Oh, I have been I, thinking about this recently, you know, just yeah. as in my life I'm thinking about the fact that I'm going to be moving at some point, and I have no idea how <laughs> I will move all of my stuff. Just, you know, the only thing I can say, it looks like in Glenn's case it's going to be local-ish move anything pens and ink related just move it yourself don't trust anyone else to do it um you can't pack it safely enough you can't overpack the packaging the bubble wrap and everything that you're going to do and don't let anyone move it except for you there's certain things that you and only you should move when you're moving locations um pens and inks is one of them those would go in my car if i was moving and had someone else moving like my furniture the pens the inks and the computer go with me <laughs> you know keep it safe keep it close and um pack it well that's all i can say i i don't have any other like super specific tips i couldn't agree more yep all right so let's fire through these last couple how's that sound mike sounds good let's do it all right so this is uh, over on the Ask TPA hashtag on the Twitterverse. Uh, Neckered wants to know some notebook recommendations for pencil users. I can't give you the best because I'm not the most qualified to answer that question. I can give you two options that seem to be very popular for pencils. One is the Baron Fig that we've talked about before. They work very well with pencils. Second is Write Notepads which I have not personally used, but they get rave reviews for their quality with pencils. What I can recommend you not using is Rhodia. You don't want anything with a coated paper to use pencil on. It can be done just like I can use a fountain pen on a Moleskine, but I'm not making the best choice when I do that. So, you know, those would be my recommendations. Those seem to be the ones that get very well respected for uh, using pencils, pencils constantly and field notes. I should say field notes as well. So they're very good for that. So, Mike, what does your daily carry look like these days? Do you have uh, when you're when you're packing up your ristretto? Are you taking any pens and paper with you? Yeah, my if it's leaving the house, kind of daily carry, it's always a retro fifty one, and it's always a field notes because cool. they can be banged up. I can lose them; they can get smashed about, and it's not going to kill me. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm talking like what am I using every day, it is a combo right now of the Pilot M90 and today the Baron Fig Squire. Cool. Uh, and the Knock Co. Uh, Spiral Bound. Nice. Nice, nice. I like those guys. They do good stuff. Yeah, they're pretty good. Pretty good. I carry the They Noc- get on that limited edition bandwagon every now and then. <laughs> I don't like they're kind of bad <laughs> that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm carrying a Notco Sinclair, um, which is limiting me to three inked fountain pens, which is a big change for me. I've been doing it about a month. I'm pretty happy with it. I'm a little bit shaky. Like I want to use some more pens, some more some more inks and things like that. Um, but I'm carrying the, the pens I've talked about already in the show, the Pilot Custom 823. That seems to always find its way into my rotation. Um, I'm carrying a Pelican M205 Blue Demonstrator because I'm working on a review for it. And I'm carrying the Edison G10 because um, I just got it and I want to uh, enjoy it for a little while before I ink it up and swap it out with something else. In my Sinclair are two notcode.notebooks, one black, one Nico blue because I love our paper. Um, and I have in the middle of it, I have not code top dash index cards and my business cards. And I'm carrying a new notebook to test out that I've been really impressed with. It's an Apica CD notebook. I'll have to get the exact name because I just brought the notebook in and it's just all black. It very ha- has very minimal branding, so I can't get you the exact name of it. But I got it uh, from Jet Pens. It's exceeding like every expectation I've had of this this A5 style hardbound notebook. It's spectacular so far, so I'm going to review it, and I think people are going to love it. So that's what I'm carrying. Oh, I've also been carrying my my shown design pens around the shop in my pocket at Knox. So that's what I'm going with. Sounds right. good, man. I didn't have to put this question in, but I did because uh, something came up yesterday. So name lit on Twitter. Nice work. <laughs> it's like a Harry Potter name. Um, has Notco plans for a big bag in a bag product? Hashtag STPA. So, like I've alluded to, we're working on things at Knock, um, getting things refined, getting our inventory ramped up. And yesterday, when we got caught up on our orders, Jeff and I had a little brainstorming session, and we came up with something that both got us kind of worked up um, about something that we would like to carry. It's not a big bag in a bag per se. But we'll just go with ish. That's so. that's very useful for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, the question was asked. I'm answering the STPA's mic. Mm-hmm. Do we have yeah. plans for a big bag in a bag product? Yeah, kind of, sort of ish. We we're, we're working on something. We threw out. Uh, we broke out the broke out the shears and the chalk, and Jeff put together a couple of couple of testers yesterday. Um, we've already failed both of them, but uh, we're right on the. Uh, we're right we're on track we're we're messing around with something so you never know but maybe all right uh the daniel wants to know why is it so difficult to find noodlers in the uk no clue i I don't even know who distributes um noodlers in the u.s anymore so i certainly don't know um who does it in the uk um i got nothing i know it's a one-man show so i don't know if he runs in and out of stock more frequently and, and just can't get with the distributor but um i don't know I don't know. Maybe it's also um, could also be, you know, ink properties should be could be an issue with various countries have various restrictions on various chemicals and it uses so many different things. It's kind of hard to maybe narrow it down. That's just me speculating. I don't know. Todd 
Pedrick wants to know any updated thoughts on the Traveler's Notebook. I don't because it seems pretty much the same to me. What did they do? Added a color, changed the name, same system. I love the system. It's awesome. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's functional. So my thoughts are always super positive on it. So my thoughts are still super positive on their rebranding efforts, which are underway right now. Uh, Wazed wants to know what are some non-Hobonichi planners that have a weekly layout and are fountain pen friendly. So I don't have the an exact one to give you, but I would look at Rhodia and Quovatis. They make fountain pen friendly planners, and I believe both of them have a weekly layout option. So those are the ones I would check with. Um, this was a good question that I was having a hard time coming up with an answer with Mike. So maybe you can help me. This is Todd from that one pen wants to know what brand style of pen paper that you have little or no experience with. Are you most interested in exploring? Uh, Nakaya. (laughs) Tomoe river paper. What's funny is I was going to say, so the only thing I can come up with is like a really expensive thing too. And that's Visconti. You know, I just wanted to like, all their high-end pens look really nice, like up in that 500 and more price range. They look really nice and really beautiful. Um, and, you know, the Homo Sapiens is one I've been looking at. I'm kind of off that bandwagon now, but um, that's uh, that's the only one I can come up with. I'm sure there's more, um, but Visconti seems to make... Every time I see a picture of a Visconti, I'm like, wow, that looks really good. Kind of like Omos was. Omos, I was late, too late to the bandwagon to get uh, to get into Omos, but that's how they were. And I think Visconti's kind of that same way with me. <clears throat> All right. Oh, name lit. Gets another question because this is actually a good question. I have a Schmidt P8126, which writes uneven, dark words, light words, then dark again, normal, empty, or dud. This is a dud. Um, this happens with this refill from time to time. I don't know how often you experience it, Mike. Um, I do get It's happened, on, not yeah. often, but it has happened. And I've had other people ask me this question. Yep. They say, like, I don't think it's that great. What's the issue? If you mm-hmm. use a P8126, in my opinion, and think that it's not good, you have a bad one getting you yep. getting your refill. It, unfortunately, it's a dud, and you're just going to have to pitch it and pay for a new one. They're not, um, they're not very happens. expensive. You yeah. get them a pack of three. And also, if you buy the pack of three, you can get them in different colors. I have blue right now. Mm. Uh, you know, that, so you know, they usually they ship in black with retro fifty ones and most pens. So, mm-hmm. but there are do you make other colors of them, so at least you get that luxury. Yep. So I, it's it's a dud, and that just it's one of those refills that is, it's so popular and used so frequently. It's just gonna happen. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right. So now this is a different question, and we're gonna end it on this, Mike. Different question than our desert island pen, I think. Although it, the answer could be the same. Nib and Muck who is one of my new favorite bloggers. Um, she wants to know if you had to save one of your pens from a burning building started by pencil shavings, no less, which one would it be? I think this is a different question, a different answer for me than my desert Island pen. Well, I'm struggling. I really am struggling with this one because I have three pens right now that I would that immediately jump to mind and I just can't decide between them. So it would either be the M90, uh, my Edison, my custom-made Edison, or my uh, Sky at Night. I can't, I'm really struggling to decide between the three of them. Mm. Uh, let's say if you had to put me right on the spot right now that I would I again would probably go with the M90 just because it's a pen that I've wanted for so long and I finally got it 
and it's the hardest one for me to replace. Mm-hmm. I could get another Edison made. You know, I might. It might be difficult for me to get the material, but it's not like I use the material that couldn't be bought anymore. Um, the Sky at Night, I could get another one made, right? Because mm. they're being made, the Carolina Pen Company are making them, so you can buy them. Or you can at least try and get one made. I don't know what the status of that material is, but I assume it can be made. Um, but that that Edison was mine, and I spent a lot of money on it. Uh, so it's difficult, but mm-hmm. I think I would have to go. I think I'd have to go M ninety just because I wanted that pen for so long, and it would be really difficult to try and get another one in the condition that I have this one in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my my answer is actually awfully similar to yours. It would be my Pilot Murex, um, because it, it means a lot to me because Thomas Hall gave it to me when you know i was just getting started in this and you know we were going through pins trying to find out things that i liked and didn't like and you know it, it's it's a pin that i've latched onto and i don't ink it up that frequently but it's one of my favorites and it has that special extra meaning like i can replace my nakaya portable right you know and i can replace a lot of these other pins that one i can't and so that would be the one that i grab um uh, my murex um my black murex from thomas that's just a one of my all-time favorite pens and it has that little extra meaning you know the the story behind it so yeah i think that's it cool that wraps it up that wraps it up i think we have like i've seen more questions come flying in through the through the slacks and uh through the through the twitters but uh we'll just have to get to those in a couple of weeks i believe Cool. If you want to go and find our show notes for this week, head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 207. If you want to find Brad online, he's over at penaddict.com and knock.co. He is at dowdyers on Twitter, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. And he's penaddict on Instagram. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we'll be back next time with another episode. We have a great guest next time, uh, Desk of Adam. So make sure you tune in. It's another beautiful British accent on <laughs> this show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Harry's for supporting the show. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>